So I want to bring today, what happens when God is silent? I'm sure that you all as believers, we would have experienced this actually in our lives. Many times we would have experienced it. We prayed and prayed and prayed and God didn't answer. And we get frustrated. It's one of the worst things actually. When God doesn't speak to us, the frustration kicks in. And that is when, you know, people start to lose faith. They say, ah, these are all crap. I don't believe in this. I don't get the joy. The faith slowly starts to diminish. I'm going to the church. There's a lack of enthusiasm. The zeal in the stomach goes slowly, diminishing and wanes away. And slowly, we weather off in faith. My brothers and sisters, we find in the Bible that actually many occasions we find that even for that matter, sometimes God remains silent for many years. Not just 10 years, 20 years. But we see in the, in the, in the, in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, for almost like 430 years, he was silent. The Israelites cried unto the Lord and said, said we are as slaves here. Lord, somehow deliver us. Give us. Where is the Messiah? And they were crying unto the Lord. But for 430 years, we find that he was silent. Again, we find that throughout the Bible, all the great men of God, every prophet, when they really needed God, God was silent. I'm sure you all experienced this. Or is it only in Melbourne that it happens? I'm sure it happens in Dallas also. My dear brothers and sisters, every man of God, every woman of God, if you are a true child of God, you would have experienced this. There are moments when God goes into pause mode. Talking about revival, people prayed about revival. And revival doesn't happen in this time. Or when the person who prayed in this time, it may not happen, but it will happen. That is what we are going to unfold in the next 20 minutes or, or so that we are going to learn from the word of God. Somehow the Lord laid me a picture from the book of Habakkuk. We'll read one or two verses and then we'll go further. First, to start off, we'll read from the uh, book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, and verses 13. Somebody can read it. If not, I'll read it. Yes. Here, it is said that, why are you silent when the wicked swallows up? Let's close eyes and pray. Mighty and gracious God, you want to bring this word into your presence, Lord. Anoint us, anoint our tongues, Lord, so that, Lord, this morning time, we are once again enrich in your presence, Lord. Let our dying spirits once again renew in the grace of God. May honor, glory, and dominion, Lord, be to your name. I ask this prayer in the name of Jesus. A great man of God, Habakkuk, one of the minor, um, minor prophets, there were 12 minor prophets, we know that. But this is one of those very unique, very unique prophet because in all the other prophets, they are prophets. When you talk about the prophets, it is said that they have a burden from the God. They cry unto the Lord and the God gives them the wisdom. God gives them an oracle into their mouth and then he goes and speaks to them. All the other prophets, Obeda, 
Micah and all those minor prophets, all the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, anybody. When Israel, whenever when went to sin, when they went into wilderness, when they went into slavery, these people came as, as deliverers and always God talked to them. But this is one of those books in Habakkuk we find the only prophet where he never said anything to the people actually. He never said anything to the people. On the contrary, we find that he had a dialogue with God. Back and forth, to and forth, we find that Habakkuk was talking to God and God speaking to him. He puts a question and God answers him. We'll just explore it through as we go through this actually. But we want to bring, I want to bring another statement into this picture is that actually this is one of those books which was born out of pain, born out of agony, out of anguish. Habakkuk, Habakkuk couldn't tolerate for Israelites committed sin and they went away from the presence of God and they were doing sin as if there is no tomorrow and he couldn't tolerate it out of pain. Every good song comes out of pain. For example, we know that what a friend we have in Jesus. What a great song. Written somewhere in 1855, a person by name Joseph Scriven, he was, he went through pain. He lost his wife. He wanted to marry another, another lady. He was, but then even she died before marriage. And he said, Lord, I'm doing all this for you. And yet, why this trouble? But out of that anguish, we find that he wrote that beautiful song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. For the last 150 or so years, we find that in every funeral or in every occasion when there is a situation of pain, this song rise up. Heavy trials and temptation out of pain. Similarly, this book also was written out of pain. Abukuk was under pain and anguish and he was talking to the Lord. And this, wrote, this book was written, only three chapters in that book. There's another great song I want to bring to your presence is that actually, I have decided to follow Jesus. How many of you know the history of that song? That song was made, lyriced, written in India. In one of those, what you call uh, Assam, is in the remote part of North and East. We find that uh, there was a, it was only a folk, folk song. Back around 150 years ago, we find when missionaries from England, they came there. And when they were preaching, we find that in the Assam, there's a tribe, the whole tribe got saved. And this song, they made this folk song. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. But the chief of the tribe was not happy with this. He said, nah, this is not going to take place because if you guys are going to do this, the whole village, the whole tribe, and later on the whole county will become believers. So hence, we need to arrest it. So they caught these people brought it to the forefront, brought all the villagers, and they decided to behead this person. So they said, sword is here. We're going to put the sword on your head. What do you want to do? Do you want to confess or do you want to refrain from following Jesus? But he said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And he marched forward. And it is, the story goes like this. The sword was laid on his head. Then it is said that his wife was called. His wife came. They did the same thing. The second stanza was born out of it, actually. The world before me, the cross behind Sorry, the cross before me, the world behind me, and the, and the song goes like this. And then it is said that his sons were brought, and they were also killed. And that village chief was so shocked at the hell-bound faith of these people and said, how could he do this? How could he do this? 
And that night he couldn't sleep. And the story goes like this, that he accepted Jesus Christ. And later on, the whole village was turned and came to the fold of Jesus Christ. Sadhu Sundar Singh picked up the song. And then he took the song all the way to America. And there was a person by name, a great lyricist. In 1950, it is brought to this shape, the song that we hear today in that tune. And then Billy Graham liked the song and said, wow, what a beautiful song. He made the song as the altar call song for his, all his crusades. We know that in the 2000s and the late 90s, we find that Billy Graham, every crusade, this song was blaring towards the end of his message. But it all happened when one family stood up. There was no revival. As pastor was telling this morning, they were praying for revival. Revival didn't happen. He didn't even see the revival. But in the later days, we find that the whole Assam, we know that Meghalaya and all those places over there, Nagaland and all those places over there, they all came to the Jesus Christ. It all started with one person. All started with one person. And his name was Nok Singh. My dear brothers and sisters, Sometimes we find that when we go through this pain and sorrow, they write these things and we find that it, was, it is left as, left as a legacy for the next generation. This book is something like that actually. This was born out of pain. Born out of pain. And we find two prominent verses in the book of Habakkuk. In the starting verse, we find that Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 2. Somebody can read it. And 3. How long, O oh Lord, are you going to keep quiet? How long, O oh Lord, are you going to keep quiet? Read it. Thou will not hear. Two questions. How and why? And often as we believers, we struggle with these questions. Pastors may not have all the answers. And then what happened? We may go on a three days fasting or we may go on a seven days fasting and then we cry unto the Lord and say, Lord, how long I would be in this state? Are you not seeing what's happening in my house? Are you not seeing what's happening in my kids' life? Are you not seeing happening what is in, happening in my relationships or at the workplace or in this place or in the society? We ask this question. But this question is no new to us now. It is there always there. And we find these prophets had the same problem. They fight with God. This person, Habakkuk, is asking God, Lord, how long are you going to keep quiet? How long are you going to take your eyes away from this? And he's questioning God. There's a dialogue going on between God and Habakkuk. Why? Because we find that over there, Israelites, they left everything. God's abode, God's house was left for ransack. People came and plundered. The ark of the God was taken away. There was no worship now. Anymore, there was no worship. There's no David now. Things were going bad, I'm telling you. Things were going bad. From bad to worse it went. That is when Abukuk is asking, Lord, how long are you going to see all this and keep quiet? Can't you do something? Can't you step into the situation? Can't you come down now? He is all rage. I'm sure in this Meeting, there are many people like that. When you see some wickedness, you cry unto the Lord, Lord, why don't you step up? This is an opportunity. Come down, O Lord. And similar situation, Habakkuk is going through pain, anguish. I'm sure that here also there are many people. When you see some wickedness, 
You can't do anything. Your hands have been constrained, strained, restrained. And then the only voice goes is, Lord, do something. Lord, do something. That's a cry of a believer. That's a cry of a church. When church sees sick sins, church sees deformation. When church sees Jesus' name being deglorified, it's a cry coming from the believer's heart. Lord, how long? Why are you not stepping in? And here you find that Habakkuk had the same thing. And then he's waiting for an answer from the God. And he's asking the Lord, Lord, are you going to do something now? Are you going to do something, Lord? And we find that the history of this Habakkuk lies in 1 Chronicles chapter 34, verses 1 to 7. That is where we find there was a young man, a king over there, and he finds that he becomes the great man, he becomes the prophet, he becomes the king, and then he starts to rule. We know the story. It is the Josiah, if you can read it, 1 Chronicles chapter 34, verses 1 to 7. Somebody can get it. Yeah, 1 Chronicles chapter 34, verses 1 to 7. And not that, sorry, it's not the second chronicle, it is. Sorry. Thank you, Pastor. That's enough. Young boy of eight years old, similar to you, I think your church actually. We have a young pastor and we got a lot of young leaders here who are holding the hem of this church positions. Similar to this, especially when youngsters come up as kings and they come into positions, man, I'm telling you, there's a revival. Revival has already started over there. And this church, I praise God, you're allowing the youngsters to rise up. And that's a great start for a revival even in this place, actually. And here you find that Josiah, though he was only eight years old, he stepped up and he did such a big cleaning that no other kings, not even David, nor Solomon, or any great king ever did in Israel. He purged it. The word used is purge. means quite cleaning, a thorough cleaning. He sanitized the whole place, actually. And he burned it. Not only he burned it, he burned the and ashes he took and threw it in the sea, it seems. And then there was a good rain for long years. For almost like 36 years, he ruled. But it only lasted as long as Josiah was there. Because somehow, for some reason, we Christians, if there's a good pastor, we have a good church. The moment that your pastor goes away, there goes the church too, actually. That's what pastor was telling this morning. When we were in Kerala, we used to worship. When we were in Dubai, we used to worship. What happened, actually? Is it, so is somebody else is controlling us, actually? Nah, that shouldn't be the way. It is our walk with the Lord, actually. Here you find that Josiah rose up to the situation and then he cleaned and purged the whole place. But long 
It didn't last for a long time. Soon we find that they went back into the situation what they were before. And it is said that, that God couldn't take it anymore. And that is where Habakkuk comes into the picture. And we find Habakkuk is asking the Lord, are you going to do something, Lord? And then Lord keeps quiet over there. And then he comes with an answer. The answer is, it is said in the next verse, in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 4. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He has got four complaints here. And the complaint is, he says that the law is slack. The law is really slack. Justice is never met in the sense like it goes to the court, but the justice is never met. Even at all, if it, the, just, ju the judgment comes, it's wrong. We know it's not fair. And then he says that the wicked is surround all over us. And the last one is that, yeah, and the wrong judgment, justice goes forth and it is perverted. And the situation has not changed during the time of Habakkuk, nor it is now. Many times we as believers, we as children of God, we know that many times justice is never met actually. So this is the same case and a complaint Habakkuk's, Habakkuk is bringing before the God. But then Lord is silent here. He's not answering anything. And then in the next verse onwards, the Lord is answering. Read verses 6 onwards. Basically, what Lord is saying is that actually, well, now I'm going to speak to you. You've been asking all this question, how long and why and all these things. Let me tell you, what is my plan? Basically, Habakkuk is asking, what's your game plan, Lord? How are you going to revive us? How are you going to retrieve the situation? What is the salvage situation for our state? And Lord is saying that, well, what I'm going to do is that, you know, these Babylonians who are along us, here the word used is Chaldeans, the same as Babylonians. I'm going to use them to beat you guys. I'm going to use them to beat you guys and then you will, you will what you call, understand and come to a self-reckoning. And immediately Habakkuk was shocked. Lord, please don't do that. How can you do this? Back and forth, the next preceding verses, we find that they have get into a dialogue. Habakkuk and God. God is answering, Habakkuk is answering, but the summary of the gist of the talk is that actually God says, I'm going to use Babylonians who are ruthless, who are horrible people, who doesn't have any sympathy, who doesn't have any sensitization. Their hearts are really nasty. I'm going to use them to clean up the mess what you guys have created. And Habakkuk said, Lord, how can you do this? You can't do this, Lord. Read the next verses, brother. Subsequent verses. They are terrible and dreadful. Yeah. 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 
Thank you, brother. Basically, God is telling that if you have a small thorn in your, in, your, in your body or something, God is telling, I'm going to use a huge pickaxe to remove the thorn, actually. That's sort of a dealing here. Basically, what God is telling is that, actually, Habakkuk, I had enough of this. You're asking me why and how long. This is the simple and plain answer. Along your sides, where is the righteous there? All Judah is the main county. All your surroundings are surrounded by Babylonians. I'm going to use them to beat you guys. And then he's giving an introduction of what sort of an armory, what sort of a warfare equipment they have got. Their horses are swifter. And then also he says, they are merciless. They are ruthless. And Habakkuk is shocked. He didn't expect this answer. Many times, my dear brothers and sisters, when we ask God for something, a favor, we expect God to come there immediately, out of the blue, and then bang, situation is changed. Never it happened. Nor it is going to happen, actually. He will find a way out in a different, altogether mysterious way. Be ready for surprises. Be ready for surprises. Because we find God's ways are very mysterious. And that's how he always deals. So here you find that Habakkuk is in a shock. He can't understand anything. And the next subsequent verse says that God is silent thereafter and he is shocked. But when Habakkuk couldn't understand any of these things, what is this game plan God is coming up with? He immediately goes to a mode of pause. He said, Lord, I can't understand anything. Why is this situation so tormenting? Why is this situation so overwhelming? You knew this was the date. You knew, Lord, this was the situation. Why can't you step in and do something here? When he can't understand anything, immediately we find us in the first verse of chapter 2, we find that I will take a stand. It is said in some translation. In my Bible, it says, I will pause and watch what the Lord is going to do. That is the best thing, my dear brothers and sisters. When the Lord doesn't speak to us in a situation, when you're demanding for an answer, he, Habakkuk, what he did is when he can't understand the situation, when he can't unfold what's happening, when he can't fathom what is happening over there, the next thing he did is he took a step back and then he paused. He paused over there to see what's happening here, buddy. What's happening here? I can't understand anything. Here, Habakkuk could have kept on the dialogue with the God at to and fro, but he stopped. Stupid took a step back and verses 2, verses 1 says that, I will take a stand, pause and watch. Station myself on the tower and look for, for what God is going to do. And then we find in the second verse, read it brother. And the Lord answered me. That is when the Lord spoke to him. When he was restless, he didn't speak. When he was agitated, when he was churning, when he was demanding for an answer, sometimes some, we as believers, as Pentecostals, we like to twist the hands of the God and say, Lord, give me the answer now. If you're not going to give me, I'm going to fast. Sometimes we threaten God. I don't know about here. Back over there, we do it. In Kerala, they do it. I don't know about Dallas. If you don't give it in seven days, I'm going to do it for 21 days. If you're not going to answer in 21, I'm going to do 40 days, Lord. But here, Habakkuk did all that and he failed. But when he rested, when he took a step back, at times it is better to take a step back. Pause. Pause. When the big thing came in Moses, the biggest problem came in Moses' life. When either side there's mountains, in the front there was Red Sea, behind there were chariots of Egyptians coming to trample. God said a simple thing. What did he say? 
be still and know that I am God. How can you be still in that situation? That is what we should learn as believers. That is what we should learn. When God doesn't answer, you get agitated. But as long as we are agitated, we are churning, your heart is rushing, your mind is rushing, God is not going to speak. You can be in that situation for how long you want. Habakkuk tried it, he failed, and he's telling to us that what he did is that he went back, took a step back, and paused. Very important, my dear sisters, sometimes just to take a pause rather than fighting and wrestling with God. It is better to take a pause in all, any walk of life, be at workplace, be in your family, be in your situations, anything. Take a step back sometimes rather than fighting and wrestling. And we find that the answer is there in the next verse. It is said that. Three. It may seem slow, but wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. The righteous shall live by faith. My dear brothers and sisters, that is the answer, the simple answer, what the God had to say to Habakkuk actually. It will come. Surely it will come. But not when you wanted it. It's not something like microwave where you put into something and then in the next 30 seconds it comes at night. It's not popcorn. It will take. I was talking to a pastor actually. When we were in Ambala and when we were in Jalandhar, there were pastors over there. I remember when you go to some churches, all they had is a small mat over there. And with three believers, four believers, one nurse, two army people, and one Air Force man over there. Those pastors cried. They cried unto the Lord and said, Lord, bring a revival in Punjab. Bring a revival in Punjab. There were very few people actually. One like John Raj and one like Pastor Koshi, one like Pastor Babu Koshi was there. There were a few other pastors over there. I remember three or four people. I'm talking around 25, 30 years ago, they were crying. We also sat with them, clapped our hands and worshipped and said, Lord, bring a revival. Bring a revival, Lord, actually. Nothing happened. Those pastors all went away. I am here. They all, new generation has come. God has never forgotten. Today, there are churches of 100,000 people there. There's a pastor by name, Ankur Narola. He's got a church. It is said that recently I had a message from somebody sent to me. He's going to build a church, 2,000 crore Rupees was is going to spend, and that church can accommodate 100,000 people. That is one of the many churches, actually. I'm not talking about T.D. Jakes or Joel Austin's church. I'm talking about the churches in India, in Jalandhar, in Punjab. But those people didn't see it. Habakkuk didn't see it. But the beautiful verse, how it unfolds, when he paused, when he waited, it is said that God speaking to him. Why, uh, please read that. Number three, the Lord answered and said to him, it may seem slow, but wait for it. It will surely come. It won't delay. And then the next verse, it says, the righteous shall live by faith. What a beautiful verse, my dear brothers and sisters. And let's give you a clap offering unto the Lord because he's been speaking to us. At times, God goes silent. The first thing to do is go on a pause mode. Press that pause button and then you find that you'll see the answers automatically. And this is not easy. And that is why in this day and age, we find that a solitary confinement. When somebody goes into silent mode, it's very hard. We as husbands and wives, sometimes we have some sort of a truffle. What do you do? We go on a silent mode. I don't know here. It happens here. Am I right, Pastor? We go on a silent mode. But being on a silent mode, sometimes what happens, 
a, a, a pastor was telling like this and he was telling that they were on silent mode. The wife was really agitated. Whenever the husband comes, she goes into the kitchen and makes all the noises, utensils, throwing and all this drama. And this man just walks off. One day passed, two day passed and three day passed and we find that this woman was getting really nasty. She was playing on the mind and said, man, can't you see that for three days I'm not talking to you? And see, you don't know what's happening here? And oh, that's what he said actually. I didn't know that you were cross with me. My dear brothers and sisters, this is what happens when many a times actually, when we are not walking in the light of God, when we are not in the presence of God, when we are not walking hand in hand with God, we find that sometimes God walks away and we never know actually. But here, Habakkuk was sensitive. He was agitated because God didn't speak to him. And immediately you find the next thing he did is he went into pause mode. And the next thing what he did, the moment he went into the pause mode is in the chapter 3 and verses 1, we, we read it like this. Habakkuk started to pray in the presence of God. This prayer is not a prayer where he was praying. God was talking to him about Chaldeans and Babylonians actually. They said, I have reason why I'm going to use them. But after that, I'm going to nullify them. And he said, woe unto them. Pause and pray when God doesn't speak to you. When God is in silence, something is happening. Something is cooking over there. And uh, something is happening over there. It's very important, my dear brothers. We all as believers will go through this phase where God doesn't answer. It may be in case of your children, maybe in case of your relationship, in your work, promotion or anything. Sometimes God doesn't answer. And then what we have to do is we have to pause. And the next step is to pray in the presence of God. And let me conclude here. One last verse. And the last thing I want to tell you is that Chapter 3 and verses 18 or 17 and 18, you can come back and read it. Though the fig tree doesn't blossom, nor the fruit in the vines produce no fruit, or the olive fail, fields yield no fruit, the flocks cut off from the fold, there will be no herd in these stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Praise, pause, pray, and praise. Can you tell your friends actually that? Pause, pray, and praise. Can you repeat after me? Pause, pray, and praise. A simple formula, but I'm telling you it works. It works for the prophets. It works for everybody. It worked even for Jesus. When Jesus was on this earth, just before crucifixion, he was in a dire situation. He was so dire situation. He asked the Lord, can you help me this time? But it is said that God didn't help him. He just turned his face away. But later on, we find that Jesus went through that suffering for the goodness of all the human mankind. Tons. Situation will come when even God doesn't go into silence mode. But what we can do is we can just pause, pray, and praise. And that will change the situation. Let's close our eyes here. My dear brothers and sisters, God has been speaking to us through the life and book of Habakkuk. For a moment, let's close our eyes here. I don't know what is your situation. What have you been praying for? Maybe a sickness, a fatal disease, or maybe salvation of a friend or a family member. But it's all silence. You've been praying for many years, but nothing is happening. But God says that don't lose your heart. These seasons of silence will come and go. But God said, wait. Wait. It may seem slow, but wait for it. It will surely come and it won't delay. 
the righteous shall live by faith 